Episode 4, motherfuckers. <laughs> Didn't think it'd um, still be going as good as it's going. <laughs> so, welcome back. Um, I just want to say thanks for all messages on episode 3. Yeah, we had uh, some really nice, positive messages. Yeah. Um, again, if you want to uh, give us some abuse or... Tell, tell us, us we're that, shit. Tell us we're doing a good job. Uh, terrifying and Twisted on Facebook and Terrifying underscore Twisted on Instagram. Yes, it is. So, we haven't really done out this week. Absolutely nothing to report. More lockdown shit. Uh, I will say, if you're new to podcast, um, we try to be as natural as possible, so what you hear is what you fucking get, really. Yeah, and don't forget, we don't know anything about each other's case. We like to keep it that way, don't yeah. we? only thing that we'll edit out is if one of us three children come in, because I'm sure you're not interested can't. that there's no Jammy Dodgers left. No, or Jaffa Cakes, <laughs> or that Travis has sat too close to Grace. Yeah. Oh, Joey breathed in her direction. So, I like uh, my week's probably been sat in Custard drive through for nearly half an hour. Uh, yeah, maybe a bit longer. That's, how, um, that's what our life's become. All for some overpriced coffee. Don't call it that. We I, love Costa. I love Costa. <laughs> we really do. To be honest, Even though, enough to spend half an hour sat in a drive-thru. Yeah, I did think uh, I would get impatient. Well, to be you fair... You were telling me to stop. If it weren't lockdown, I would have probably fucked it off. 100%. But, because there's fuck all else to do. So, do you want to know my highlight at week? You've Come just on. reminded me. Coming out of Morrison's car park and you're chewing on... Oh, uh, Honestly, I've never, never been so embarrassed in 12 years of being with you. <laughs> Driving out of Morrison's car park, Phil's got some chewing gum, he's a, on a bit of an hype that day and uh, he thinks he's hilarious so he wants to spit his chewing gum out but he has to overdo everything, the noise, the gesture, <laughs> you name it, Phil has to overdo it. So anyway he spits this chewing gum out but he didn't realise my car were moving as he spat and there were a lady coming towards him. I, did, I didn't see her. <laughs> oh my god that poor woman. So... <sighs> If that lady is for some strange reason listening to this podcast... <laughs> or some, someone's nana come home and complained. <laughs> I didn't spit on you. <laughs> I would not do that. I just spat my chewing gum out. It was funny. So, yeah. That's what that's what his life's become. <laughs> We've got nothing else to report. So, come on then. Let's see what you've got. Because you are first this week. I am. And I'm not going to lie, this case has probably made me feel this week how you did last week. Mm. It's seemed to take forever. Now, anyone that knows me, I'm not the best with English as it is. I mispronounce stuff all <laughs> the time. So why I've chosen to do a French case, I've got absolutely no fucking clue. <laughs> but I have. <laughs> Right, so I'm going to apologise now. I'll try to say the names the best I can. 
Obviously, I mean no offence to any victims that I'm going to mention. Don't worry about it's, it. No, but I, it's really panicking me. All right. Right. So, you probably haven't heard of this couple, and you're probably going to wonder why. When I've looked up, they've actually been dubbed the um, French Fred and Rose West. Probably because I can't read the names. <laughs> oh, <Billy. laughs> Right. They're just really shitting humans that got off on raping and murdering people. It actually makes me wonder when I was looking, same as, you know, Fred and Rose Weston, there's a lot of other serial killers out there as well that... Do you know if they'd have never met each other, do you think that the crimes would have happened? Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah, it's one of them where I think if these two had never come into contact with each other, there'd have been a, a lot of girls young girls' lives that probably wouldn't have been lost. Which is quite sad, really, isn't it? So I'm going to take you to France, and I'm going to tell you about a serial, serial killer couple, Michelle Fournier and Monique Olivier. Again, I apologise. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him, um, but what an absolute piece of shit. He, was, he actually was nicknamed the Ogre of Arden. Right. Um, I'll start with a bit of his early years. So he was born on 14th of April, 1942, in Sudan, in France. It's also quite close to Belgian border. Yeah. Which you'll realise later, he uses this to a massive advantage when doing his crimes. He grew up in a mid-class, hard-working family. Um, a few years later, his dad went on to divorce his mum. His dad even got full custody of the kids, which were quite strange for that time um he had an older brother and sister who when asked said that he was just a really quiet and average kid yeah enjoyed playing chess no nothing exciting about him he later on claims that his mum sexually abused him which let's be honest a lot of these cases we do and a lot of people we talk about that probably have you know suffered some abuse in some way or form yeah now all these claims were dismissed Everyone that every professional that worked with him basically called bullshit. Didn't believe it. They tried. They said he tried to use it as a excuse. Right. Right. <laughs> and also, this is a bit of a odd part of the story, but it'll fit in. He later went on to say that he was later um, deeply disturbed after having to watch his sister take a shit mm-hmm. in a bucket. Now, apparently, this really fucking bothered him to the fact that he actually said, and I. Well, to me, a woman does not defecate. It is degrading. It doesn't live up to the image of the Blessed Virgin. <laughs> right? Right. So this is around where this fascination with virgins begins for him. He sees virgins as this incredibly desirable thing. It goes on to play a massive role in a lot of his young adult and the crimes that he committed through his young adulthood. Um, at one point, he served in armed force, uh, air forces, sorry, not armed, air forces. He went on to become a mill worker and then later were a carpenter. He married his first wife in 1964, who apparently wasn't a virgin, and he didn't find out until after he married her. And this just led him to have this complete fixation on having sex with a virgin. Right. Um, in 1967, he was arrested for the first time. And he was arrested for assaulting a minor. Can't find much info on this minor. Obviously, she'll have been protected because of her age. So after that first arrest, his wife filed for divorce. Yeah. 
1970, he then went on to remarry. Now, between 1966 and 1973, he was, he was sentenced for violence against minors. He was charged for a dozen assaults and rapes on minors in the parish region. He was given seven years in prison, so his second wife, also turned out to be a very smart lady, filed for divorce. Are you with me? Yep. This... Whilst doing this sentence for the seven years, this is where he then would meet his match in his what would become his third wife, and that's Monique Olivier. Olivier? Does she work at prison? No. But get this, back in them days, prisoners were allowed to put out ads in newspapers. <laughs> and uh, he decided that, actually, I need a new partner in crime, so I'm going to put an ad out. This ad read, Prisoner would like to correspond with anyone of any age to forget loneliness. That's all it read. Right. So Monique saw the ad, she responded. It was said that she must have had some sort of thing about men in prison because I think there were a man before him. Right. Um, but obviously nothing to the extreme that this happens. Um, they start writing back and forth. She's very fully aware of why he's in there. He's been very open. It actually doesn't take long before they start talking about the things that they want to do together when he's released. They then made a pact that she would help him with his desires to find virgins. In return, he had to arrange for her husband that was in prison killed. She didn't love him. He were abusive. She wanted him gone. So she offered to help him find virgins. Fucking hell. Right. He then gets out of prison in 1987. They quickly get married and they move to a little village in Burgundy in France. Then in December 1987, uh, just two months after we were out, they work together to find the first victim. 17-year-old schoolgirl, Isabelle Levy. I hope I've said that right. She was walking home from school um, when a car pulled up beside her. Turns out it was Monique. Um, she basically said that she was lost. Could she possibly help her with some directions? Now, we're all taught that women are genuine, like, normally... Was he in the car as well? No, no, no. No, just hang fire. Calm down. Are you just asking, like, these lot are probably asking? Right, sorry. Right, no. Just calm down. But what I was saying is, for some reason, we are taught that women are normally safer than men. So the reason they probably got away with a lot of what they did is because she were a massive advantage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she basically says, um, I need some directions. Can you please help me? So she says, yeah, not a problem. Gets in car. She offers to drive to the location that she's looking for. Now, as the driving, as planned, he's parked at the side of the road with his car looking like he's broke down. So she stops. She asks him if he would like a lift. Yeah, of course I would. Jumps in the back. Now, as soon as he gets back in the, in the back of the car, he starts to choke Isabel with a pair of, uh, with a piece of rope. He then sedates her and they take her to their home where he raped her, strangled her, and then threw her body down a well. It's very like uh, Myra Henley and Ian he, Brady. I thought that. I would have assumed it had been named more. The French version he, of. Yeah, 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 not. Because he used Myra Henley for that. Yeah. Played a massive part. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they threw her body down a well. They both actually took great pleasure, and that's where I think the obsession took over. Um, it got to a point where they were reacting it in bedroom, so they were having sex. She had to pretend to be Isabel. Fuck. So man. he would pretend to rape her and then strangle her and what have you. Um, now, it also intrigues me but that Monique is not a woman that's under any sort of spell by her husband. You know, he's not abusing her here. 
yeah, is not manipulating. She's fully aware. Of she's fully in that 50-50. Hundred, yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. that is one thing that really, really, like I struggled to get my head around when I read this because there's no sort of <clears throat> being coerced into it or being led into it. Yeah. Mm. Um. Anyway, so sorry, Isabel's remains wouldn't be found till July 2006. So a family spent 19 years trying to find her, looking oh, yeah. for her, absolutely nothing. Um, the next victim was, it It was, men, not mentioned, what's the word, described, it was described as a loose end that they needed to tie up, right? They were skin, they needed money. Now, when um, he were in prison, he shared a cell with a man called Jean Pierre, not even going to attempt his second name, in front of me, on my notes, in big capital letters, it states, not even attempting last name. Jean-Pierre. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> fucking hell. Is that, is that racist if I go, oh. Oh, Fucking hell. <laughs> Against French people. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right. So he basically shared a cell in 80s and he were part of a bank robbery gang and he'd been bragging that he had this stash of money and gold hidden in this forest mm. somewhere. So the pair decide, let's befriend his ex-wife. Mm. She might know where this money is. So the girl find um, a lady called Frida, who, to be fair, she won nothing more than just a pawn in all this for him. Uh, the, all three of them head to this forest. They actually did find the money and the gold. Honestly, they found it. Obviously, don't forget, it were also stolen from a bank robbery. So they had to spend... It, I couldn't find exactly how long. They had to be careful with it. Yeah, because it all needed to be cleaned. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but all in all, they walked away with about a million dollars. That's how much And what found. year was this? Uh, this was in 90... Oh, Philip, just a minute. 1970. 1978. So they had a million dollars? Yeah. I bet they were like... Oh, they were... Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically the plan was once they'd managed to clean all this money they were going to meet up with Frida again and she was going to get a share of it that was the deal obviously that ain't what happened at all um, she gets it back at car it's same MO all the time he gets a shoelace strangles her a knife falls out of his pocket where his delightful wife picks it up hands it to him so she can watch him stab her to death there you go love um, and they basically just dump a body in the forest drive away left her and interestingly, to this day, her body's never been found. Fuck ever. Um, so now they've got this million, the loving life, they decide we need somewhere to live. So they go and buy a house. Say house, want a fucking house. It was a castle. <laughs> an actual I thought you were castle. Gonna say, I thought you were gonna say a shithole. No, oh no, no, it was a castle with thirty-two acre of land. What a perfect place! To bring your victims... To your murder castle. Honestly, not a soul would have heard anybody if you were took there. Oh, that is scary. Yeah. So then in 1988, um, Monique falls pregnant. But instead of maybe turning into a bit of a softer human being with a bit of a heart, she actually uses this to her massive advantage. So eight mom months pregnant... She then gets her next victim, which is a girl called Fabienne. Now, she's a student that is just in a supermarket, wrong place, wrong time. And Monique convinces her that she needs to go see a doctor. Because obviously she's eight months pregnant, she's going to be huge. And she asks if she wouldn't mind going with her. Now, thinking she were helping, she just 
didn't think twice, got in the car where Michelle, Michelle, yeah. was hiding in the back waiting. So they drive to a field, they drag her out of the car at gunpoint. He then insists that Monique checks her foo to make sure that she's a virgin. Of course, yeah. Before raping her, shooting her and leaving her body in the field. Absolutely no fucks given at all. So a few months later, uh, Monique goes on to give birth. They have a little boy, but it doesn't stop his needs at all. He wants to meet virgins. He tells her quite clearly, I've still got a desire for virgins. So he meets a 22-year-old French student um, whilst on a train. They just get chatting. Um, he's telling her all about his new family. He's got, you know, he's just a new dad. They've got this uh, little boy at home. He actually asks her how she feels about earning a little bit of money. Does she want to babysit? Because they're looking for a babysitter. And they've got money. They've got a lot of money. He also offers her a lift home, but when she declines lift, thankfully, um, when they get to the station, she sees that Monique's waiting there for him. So I'm assuming that in her head, she's probably felt a lot more at ease thinking, well, he must be it's, telling me the truth. His, his wife's, wife's there. there. They've got a baby in back. So um, he basically introduces them and he asks if she'd go mind meeting them tomorrow. At the house? At their house. Yeah. Castle. Um, so the ban it honestly basically obviously see meet the baby get chatting seeing if it's something that she wants to do next day as promised she turns up she were called Joan Marie by the way I forgot to mention her name at the beginning so she turns up and everything seems fine um, they're talking about days times sort of babysitting hours but then really randomly um, Michelle asks her outright are you a virgin so of course she were like what the fuck she basically said to him, I made it clear, I've got a boyfriend and I would quite like to leave now. I don't feel comfortable. Obviously, he basically went, fuck off. And the piece of shit, well, both of them, took her into their bedroom and next to their bed where their baby was sleeping in his crib, they raped her, strangled her, murdered her while Monique sat watching and the baby's in crib outside that's some dark shit that is fucking horrific now she actually was reported missing but silly girl didn't tell anybody about her plans that day so no one even had any idea where she was going this meeting that she'd planned to have um apparently at this point in time there were quite a few serial killers at large in france so and they all seem to have same sort of mo so please just believe that she'd come of become a victim of Did somebody they all, else's. Um, have same ring to the name as him? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Um, so basically meaning that them two were free to move between France and Belgian borders as often as they liked. They were never looked into, you know, just making it even harder for police to piece together. In 1989, they then ad- abducted the youngest victim who was called Elizabeth Boucher. I hope that's right as well. She were a 12-year-old Belgium girl. The couple saw her playing with a friend and they actually sat in the car and waited three hours until she were alone um, to make the move. But this time, then they actually used the baby boy to play a part in it. And that's how they gained this little girl's trust. They offered her a lift home. She obviously thought, well, it's just a normal mum and dad. They've got a little baby. They're not going to hurt me. Um, but no, obviously that, that doesn't happen. They actually take her to the castle. Um, he instructs Monique yet again, you better check her. Make sure oh, she's a virgin. God. 
Um, and then he goes on to show absolutely zero fucking mercy um, for this little girl. Rapes her, again killing her, and then burying her on their 32 acre of land. And again, her poor parents, 15 years it took before her body were found. Yeah. 15 years. And that's when the police eventually went and searched. The murder property. castle. Yes. Um, so 11 months later, they would strike again. A 13 year old girl called Natasha Danaye. Um, she were at a supermarket with her mum where she saw, I think she must have like wandered away for a little bit. Same MO again, Monique pulling up in car, pretending she's lost, can you please help me with directions? Um, but at this time, they didn't really give her a chance to say no. Um, from what I read, Michelle like opened back door and literally dragged her in, took her. Um, so that basically again, pulls her in, she's raped, she's murdered and her body's left on a beach. Can I just say, even though we talk about cases and we watch loads of stuff. I'm always shocked and sickened when I'm reading about a case. Even though I've read many cases like it, I still... It shocks you. I still get that feeling of... Do you know what? It shocks me. It, it makes me think that they're not alone. Yeah. You know, Fred and Rose West weren't a one-off. No. And I think that's the scary bit about it. Yeah, because it's like I keep saying, it happens. These people are genuinely out there. Oh, yeah, they exist. Yeah. Interestingly, an innocent man was actually charged for that girl's murder. They blamed her neighbour. He obviously completely denied it, said he were innocent all along. He actually ended up killing himself whilst in prison. And then obviously it later come out that it weren't him at all. That's horrible. It's horrific, isn't it? Now... This next part baffles me. It's not clear why, but the pair take a 10-year break. Now, is that because the child has gone from being a baby to a toddler, so it's harder for them to go out and work together with a toddler in tow? Or what? I don't know. So they took a 10-year break? From killing and raping. Oh, not, right. not from each other. All right. No, no, no. Okay. Just from the the crimes. But do we, do we know that for sure? Yeah, they definitely taught. Well, you never know, do you? You don't, do you? You don't. But allegedly, allegedly, they took a on paper, break. yeah, there's a gap of ten years where right. they did nothing. Now, like I said, it makes me think they'd had a baby. That baby soon grows to a toddler. That toddler into takes you know, up more time. Yeah. So I think maybe that could have been it. Is it about age? About age ten to start getting you know that independence, wanting to be a bit more. Yeah. So maybe that's why. But anyway, in two thousand, he basically says that he's still got this burning desire for virgins and he wants to go and find another one but this time he goes out alone um celine season yeah really that's correct is approached by him who again says he's lost needs directions she agrees to help she gets him the car and yet again silliest mistake of a life he basically tells her that you need to have sex with me or i will throw acid in your face he then rapes her strangles her with sunrow heads off home to his wife a child then decide to go through all the belongings, basically take out all these things for trophies to keep, and then they go on on into the bedroom to reenact is, and I quote, gone hunting and got satisfaction, is what he called it. No remorse. Not at all. Not at all. Now his final victim was a thirteen-year-old girl called Manie. Fanpon. Yeah. She goes missing in 2001. Again, convinced to get in the car, help directions. He takes her to the forest, rapes her, murders her. Again, off home to brag to his wife. Back to his fucking murder castle. Yes. 
Now, no point throughout all this time were them two looked at in any way, shape or form. They'd never been... Like, because we read or watch or hear stories where a lot of times some suspects get looked at briefly yeah. and then they decide to move on. Now, these two had never been even flagged up to, to authorities and that's what always baffles me. So, the couple decide that together, again... They want to go virgin hunting. Virgin hunting, fuck That's what they called it. And they spot a 13-year-old girl called Marie. Now, Michelle walks up to her. Again, gets boring, doesn't it? I'm lost. Could you want me directions? But this little girl actually turns around and says no. So, get this. He had the cheek to tell her off for not being trusting enough. No. <laughs> right? But at the same time, grabs her and throws her in the back of the van. So he throws her in the back of the van, they tie her up. I couldn't find what the tied her up were used to tie her up, it just said tied her up. And they start driving away. Now, this 13 year old girl did not stop booting them back doors until one opened. She rolled herself out whilst they were moving, and luckily, there were a car close enough behind them to grab her and help her before they could stop and get her again. What a badass. Now, this 13-year-old girl then goes on to remember the reg plate and memorise it and give it to the police with full descriptions and everything, right? <laughs> Honestly. So, this is where the police first ever discover the castle. The murder castle. The murder castle. Um, it basically what end for him. They found her belonging to Marie in back at van straight away, which they couldn't get out of, they couldn't yeah. deny it. But interestingly, as soon as, <clears throat> excuse me, as soon as uh, Money knew they'd found that heir, she soon tried to throw him under the bus. <laughs> she proper tried to throw him under the bus. She basically said that he was abusive and controlling and manipulating um but actually it worked in police's favor because as soon as they let him know that she was cooperating with them he just basically fuck this you're coming down with me bitch yeah he actually told them where to go find the bodies of jean-marie and elizabeth he admitted to kidnapping raping and killing nine girls over a 14 year period which was 1987 to 2001 but he were also accused of 10 more murders nine in france and one in belgium he were only found seven of those found guilty sorry of seven of those 10 though Right. Of course, Monique claims she didn't have anything to do with it, didn't want to help her husband, all that bullshit. Um, and a side note, which I think is also interesting, the pact they made right at the beginning, he actually never followed through. He didn't get her ex-husband killed at all. <laughs> so, you know, what What was she gaining from this apart from her own gratification? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So all that was bullshit. Um, she'd have been there regardless of this shitty pact that they'd made or not. So in May 2008, after quite a long and very public trial. Courts convicted him of raping and murdering seven girls and sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And she was given 28 years without the possibility of parole. To me, I don't know why she hasn't got the same as him. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. But they were both as bad as each other, they in my opinion. They should both never come out. No, they shouldn't at all. Ever. And I'm quite shocked that it was only one life sentence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To me... What these pair did were absolutely fucking horrific. Yeah. Also, after his original release in 1987, 
Obviously, he had over a dozen convictions of the sexually assaulting the minors, but yet he still managed to go and get a job and work in schools. And he worked in... Now, there's no evidence to say that he ever did anything to any pupil, mm. students, whatever you want to call it. Like, not, no one's ever come forward. But can you imagine the outrage? Because it all came out at trial, all community were fucking Freddy fuming. Yeah. And that is when France then created their sex offenders register. Wow. So, yeah, still managed to get to work in a school after he'd got convictions for sexually assaulting minors. I think you did a really good job of that. Do you think? Yeah. I found it really hard. No, I, I, I was going to say I enjoyed it, but you know what I mean? I, People, oh, don't say that. It gripped me. Good. We're not supposed to enjoy it. It's supposed to interest us. Yeah. So what you got for me? This week, I've got a gentleman called Robert Picton. Robert Willie Picton. I've never heard of him. He goes by name of Willie, so we'll just call him Willie. Come on then. So he was born in 1949 in Port Coquitlam in Canada. Um, his parents were Leonard Picton and his mother was Helen Louise Picton. He was middle of three children. Uh, Linda Picton was the eldest. David Picton was the youngest. Willie was the middle child. Um, I did quite a bit of digging into his background this week. So it realised they were born with his umbilical cord around his neck. So could there be a possibility of brain damage? Starve of oxygen. Um, they lived on a big pig farm an hour east of Vancouver. Really remote, surrounded by wildlife. Yeah. Pig farm. Um, his earliest memory, allegedly, this is what Willie said, having to live in a chicken coop for a year. So... As you can gather, we're getting... A picture that yeah. his parents weren't very nice. The family didn't really bother with hygiene. There were a foul stench around the farm, but it is a pig it's farm. A pig fa- I was just about to say, it's yeah. a pig farm, for God's sake. Apparently on this farm, they had 700 pigs. Fuck off. 700 pigs. How big's the farm? <laughs> Animals were allowed to freely roam around house, <laughs> ducks... Chickens, dogs. So I can imagine. And of course a pig or two. Um, he was bullied in school. He had a bit of a speech impediment. Uh, this poor kid's future is not looking bright, is it? The neighbours allege that they'd seen him, this is never confirmed, crawl into a dead pig's carcass to get away from his parents. Fucking hell. So in 1961, so he's 12 years old, mm-hmm. he saves up $35 to buy a calf from auction. And he gets home from school one day. His calf's not there. Turns out his mum and dad have butchered it. Of course they fucking have. But they offered him some of it to eat. Of course they would So do. that's okay, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. 1963, a year after, they bought 40 acres elsewhere. So More we, pigs? We've got a murder farm. <laughs> you think? Murder castle and murder farm. Um, well, they do say one of the best ways to get rid of a body. The water to push... The slaughter butcher business for the pig farm. So, yeah. 1964, age 14, he dropped out of school and he got an apprenticeship as a meat cutter. So, he were getting skills and stuff like that. Getting skills and how to butcher people? Pigs. <laughs> His younger brother David coped well, stayed in school. 1967, Willie Picton were 18, David Picton was 16. No mention of Linda. On October 16th, David stole the family truck and he actually hit and runned a young lad called Timothy Barrett. He got home all panicked and stuff like that. His parents tried to cover it up. Apparently, Picton's mother went back to where the hit and run was and pulled him from the roadside to the swamp 
to get rid of him. Yeah, but they found out that he actually drowned in the swamp, so he wasn't actually dead. Really? Yeah. Fucking poor bugger. So, there were no conviction for the hit and run. In December 19th, David was charged for failing to remain at the scene of... An accident. An accident. Now, when we're thinking about Willie, maybe he got desensitised because he slaughtered a lot of pigs. Mm-hmm. Not that it's any fucking excuse for what he's about to Do. pursue. Um, his father passed away, age 91, in 1978. In 1979, his mother passed away from cancer, and they allegedly were quite close to his mother, even though... They didn't sound like the best parents, though, yeah. did they? So, in 1980... Dave Picton, he starts knocking about with these bikers and it's like a Hell's Angels kind of thing. They start having these massive parties on farm. Um, They run a chop shop with bikers so they'll steal cars, chop them down. In 1981, there was two young farm hands and they obviously worked on the farm. And as a little bonus, Willie give them a pack of meat. Now they got this meat and it didn't look very nice. It didn't look like normal meat. So they said, nah, I'm all right. No, Ty, I don't want that. Nah. So uh, people were gossiping all about Picton Farm because they're having these massive parties up there. Um, police found out that they were paying teenagers to rob cars, but they didn't have enough evidence, so case got dropped. Right. And then all of a sudden, these sex workers start going missing downtown. Now, not all of them are sex workers, but a majority of them are sex workers. So we've got a Rebecca called 23. Uh, she went missing June 22nd, 1983, never found. Then we've got an Yvonne Marie Abagosis, January 1984, never found. Cherie Rail, January 1984, never found. Now, Willie Picton loved these big parties. Yeah. They uh, apparently had orgies. Drugs. They just did what the fuck they wanted, alcohol, didn't they? Yeah. Now, Karen Kaufman, I think she was Dave Picton's girlfriend, and they went into Willie's bedroom once, and he absolutely went mental, and he ha- he actually spat at Karen. Okay, so he went nuts. Yeah, he went nuts. From abs- his bedroom. Yeah. What's he hiding? <clears throat> so he started seeing sex workers in '75. They were a bit of a loner but he was notorious in Vancouver around sex workers. They all knew him. So between, oh no, we go to March 1986, we've got an Elaine Allenbach, 21-year-old sex worker. July 1988, Teresa Ann Williams, 16, and they found a chunk of her leg bone in some park the same year, but no further evidence. July 1989, Elaine Dunbar, 34-year-old sex worker. August of that year, Ingrid Suit, 30 years old. Gone. Why? Can I... What? After all these, like, amounts, had police become suspicious yet that it was... The police allegedly replied something along the lines of this. These young ladies have high-risk lifestyles. Oh, they will oh. turn up. They will turn up. Allegedly, they didn't even file reports. Absolutely. Joke. In February 91, they had a big remembrance walk for these sex workers and they had a big protest. So Royal Canadian Mount Police got involved and the Meta Task Force called Project Eclipse. Okay. <clears throat> August 91, Nancy Clark, 25 years old, sex worker, gone. October 91, Project Eclipse, with all this evidence that they've got or not got, believed that there could be two 
to free serial killers in the area. Vancouver police ignored it because lack of resources, so Project Eclipse ended. Fucking hell. At this time, Willie and David, they're having bigger parties. Uh, Do you reckon sister's just fucked off? Do you reckon she's thought, I ain't being part of this? I think she did. I think she did fuck off. I just, I might have missed it. I remember writing it down, but <laughs> I didn't tell you. But she, she did, she did right. leave. All right, that's yeah. why you've not mentioned her again. Uh, they're having bigger parties. Um, they're still water to farm. They're roasting big pigs for guests uh, sometimes. Odd roast, isn't that? Yeah. Um, in June 92, Catherine Watley, 39 years old, vanished. October 16th, 1992, Elsie Sebastian, 40 years old, Fucking hell, they're just racking up. She had four adult children and she actually went missing on one of her child's birthdays. Um, They asked Vancouver police to list her as a missing person and allegedly they said that women that age don't go missing. So where the fuck was she then? Who knows? Okay. April 1993, Teresa Louise Triff, 31 years old, vanished. She's the 15th woman to disappear from the downtown east side since 1979. What's that then? We're in 93. So, Christmas 1993, Lee Minor vanished. <clears throat> August 1994, Angela Arsenal, I think it is, 17 years old, vanished. So, it don't even matter about age, fuck all, does it? So, Vancouver police are under pressure again, which... So the fucking should, should be. be. Rightly so. Um, in 1995, five more women disappear. Oh. Catherine Gonzalez, Catherine Knight, Dorothy Spence, uh, Diana Melnick, and a fifth woman whose skull was found, but no identity. Four sex workers were murdered in 1995. Mary Lidgara, Tracy Lodgidus, Victoria Yanker and Tammy Pipe. Uh, and they were named the Valley Murders. But at the same time, the Vancouver police were dealing with another serial killer who was on the loose, who goes by the name of Gary Ridgeway, the Green River yeah, Killer. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a local reporter called Kim Pemberton. She works for Vancouver Sun and she's refusing to let this issue drop in papers, calling the police out publicly. Yeah, because somebody where, needs to. Where the fuck are these where, girls going? Now why they, is nobody fucking doing anything? These Picton brothers, the well, the well known in the area. Yeah. Uh, Willie Picton voluntarily gave DNA sample and it won't a match for Valley Murders. Okay. So we had nothing to do with that. So they moved on. The Picton brothers, they founded a charity called Piggy Palace Good Time Society. What the fuck? <laughs> so they were carrying on with all the parties and the raves, strippers, drugs, alcohol, hell's angels, and off-duty coppers. Fucking hell. Everybody were having a bit of this, weren't they? Yeah. So we're in 1996 now. Three more women disappear from downtown Eastside. Francis Young, Olivia Williams, Tanya Marlowe. Halleck. Uh, reports taken, not investigated. Many of these women, these uh, sex workers, just quoting that they're not all sex workers, <clears throat> they lived in a place called the Vernon Rooms, which is a, a kind of where they used to hang out. Right, okay. I'm assuming. Like I said, Willie Picton's a regular. And one day in 1996, Willie Picton picks her up and they agree on a price for $40 for a blowjob. You wouldn't pay that, would you, babe? <laughs> So they go back to his farm, his trailer, and it's absolutely disgusting. As you can imagine. You can imagine the smell, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're not exactly clean inside either. 
Oh, she was about to suck his dick. <laughs> no. I think they might have actually done it, but that's not important. No, go on. Um, he grabbed her out of blue mm-hmm. and put a set of handcuffs on her left hand. Right. And said that she tried to steal his wallet and he grabbed a butcher's knife. But then he, he sort of came about himself and he took her home and said that he were a good Samaritan and he just tries to help these sex workers out. Right, okay. So she was that close. Really fucking close, bit sounds. Obviously, on this farm, he ain't got a partner, he ain't really yeah. got any friends. He's left alone a lot. Right. Wendy Lynn Katedda, they've actually agreed on $100 for a blowjob. So Wendy, she's 30 years old, she's addicted to drugs. He handcuffs her left wrist, she starts putting up a fight. Yeah. Uh, she grabs a butcher's knife offside, but she grabs it by blade and she cuts her hand. Anyway, they have a bit of a struggle and she slices slices his cheek open he gets her a few times i'm assuming he picked up a knife at some point yeah and um it breaks outside a trailer and willie actually faints from blood loss it slashed wendy's stomach so she was partially disemboweled that's uh, not just slashed her stomach is it yeah so he she ran from the farm still holding this knife uh, she saw a car pass stopped down the road and this elderly couple 100 percent believed her they weren't sure that she was going to survive the night in hospital right but she did. Lucky woman. Um, Willie Picton apparently had a hundred stitches. Good. Shame, isn't it? Uh, to his arm, his back, his throat. <clears throat> so on April eighth, he was arrested for attempted murder in ninety-seven. Right. Now, Wendy were terrified. Well, obviously. Uh, she's a sex worker, so that's going to get go against her. She's addicted to drugs. Yeah. That's going to go against her. The prosecution don't want to fetch her forward as a witness. Of course the fucking day. So he gets away with it. Of course he does. What um, an absolute shit show. April 23rd, 1997, Kelly Little vanished. Um, Janet Henry, 37, vanished. At what point, right, after he was arrested for that attempt murder, at what point when another lady goes missing, do they not think, hmm, let's take a look at little Willie over here? Mm. Mad, isn't it? It's fucking stupid, isn't it? August 1997, Helen Hallmark disappears, and in the same month, so does Jacqueline Murdoch. Um, now, they say that in September 97, Dave Picton was actually picking up sex workers for his brother. Right. They had quite a bit of, quite a bit of coin, these two brothers, because well, obviously they had... inherited this farm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he like hires um, a lady who gets sex workers for him. All right. For his brother and this lady's called renata bond she gets cash and drugs and he gets sex workers Six. for his brother yeah um so she's sending these girls don't realize when some of I them said i should not realize that none of them are coming back uh sheree irving um she sent her and she didn't come back but she owed renata some money so she assumed that she just fucked off she didn't want to pay a debt to her. Yeah. Um, September 24th, 1997, Marnie Frey disappeared. Um, and then we go on to find out that Willie Picton amused himself by letting two piglets off in town and sitting in his car and watching them wreak havoc. Fucking hell. Surely they knew who the fuck they come from, though. You know what I mean? Local pig farmers, maybe. Now, I've got down here, uh, Vancouver police publicly announced that there were no serial killer. Okay. April 98, uh, Sarah Jane DeVries, she's a sex worker, um, drug addict. She wrote a poem about all these sex workers going missing. Right. 
a few days later, she went missing. Irony. She was the 48th woman missing since 1979. And then Inga Hall was the 49th young lady to go missing. Fucking baffled. And all, while this is happening, Vancouver police are still saying that there's no serial killer. What? Do they think he's happening? So then we hear about a gentleman called Bill Hiscox. He used to be a farmhand on the Picton farm. Yeah. He phones Sarah Jane DeVries best friend who's grieving at the time and relayed stories from when him and a lady called Lisa Yelds worked at the farm. Lisa Yelds were a bit friendly with Willie Picton. The one, like, together, together yeah. like that. They were not even close friends. They were just kind of like buddies. Right. They're not bezies, put it that way. <laughs> okay. And uh, Bill tells Sarah Jane DeVries, best friend who's grieving, that when they were in Willie Picton's trailer, they found women's IDs, purses and clothes. So why didn't they the fucking report any of this? He alleged that he'd been to the police several times. To be fair... They didn't fucking do out anyway, did they? April 99. Vancouver police actually make something productive and they offer a £100,000 reward for info on these missing women. We go to a lady called Lynn Ellinson, who also worked on the Picton farm as a bookkeeper. She were a drug addict, liked all parties and stuff like that. She actually used to get drugs from Picton Brothers. She lived on site, treated like family. Part of family, yeah. Yeah. Lynn said that she used to smoke crack with sex workers and stuff like that. Yeah. And this night, Willie had a sex worker over at his trailer. Trailer. She said she saw a light on in barn, so she walks over to the barn where he does his butchering. And as she peers through the window, she sees two human legs dangling above the ground. Willie Picton sees her, drags her in to see this sex worker, strung up, butchered, like a pig, all entrails are in a bucket. A body's what does she do? A body's completely split open. And Willie says to her, "This woman is like a pig, so I've butchered her like one." <laughs> and he said Piece that if shit. she told anyone, she'd go on the meat hook. Nice. So May nineteen ninety nine, new missing persons unit, Vancouver Police. Uh, it's a man called Detective Shana who runs this unit. He got a few tips on Willie Picton, which to there be should fair, have been more than a few. Yeah. <laughs> But he couldn't get a search warrant for Picton Farm, even though these women carried on going missing. Yeah. February 5th, 2002, they get a search warrant. Single officer shows up oh God. to find a missing, unlicensed gun. But they're in there, that's all that fucking matters. Yeah. And apparently when he does this search, he finds an inhaler with one of the missing... Uh, Victims' name, name on it. Yeah. yeah. So next day to do a full search of farm. Hopefully sending more than one fucking officer. Um... They find skulls cut in half with hands and feet stuffed into them. Fucking yeah. hell. Garbage bags with remains in. Um, a jawbone buried next to his uh, his barn. Bones and teeth buried all over. He's literally just discarded them anywhere, aren't he? Yeah. Um, they found a twenty-two revolver with a big dildo on the end. Please don't tell me you fucking shot that up somebody. I've no idea. That's horrific. Night vision goggles. Which I think that's fucking creepy as fuck. <laughs> um, they said he, he kept everything. How bizarre. Uh, they find packages of ground meat in freezer. Oh, no way. And they find a DNA match to Inga Hall and Cindy Felix. Um, as if he even kept the meat. That's rank. Um, Marnie Frey, uh, she were ground up, served it up in a barbecue. Of all them people been eating human. 
and two of her cousins were at that barbecue and they said they might have had some. Fucking hell. <sighs> so February 22nd, 2002, he's arrested on two counts of murder, but it's just started. Oh. They get heavy fucking diggers in, they dug up the whole I farm. hope to God, I was going to say, they're going to have to turn that farm upside fucking down. Yeah. Um, Where the fuck would they put fucking, how many pigs, 700? Yeah. Where the fuck would they move all them to? <laughs> It took 21 months to do the full excavation. Wow. It ended on November 2003. Willie Picton's trial started January 22nd, 2007. He stood charged with 27 counts of first-degree murder. 27? Yep. The judge split it into two trials. The first trial will be for six victims proved dead, and the second trial will be 21 personal effects on farm, but nobody's found. Right. Uh, December 9th, 2007, his first trial, he gets found guilty of all six victims, but with second degree murder. How come? Did it not, normally, the, they do a, normally do a deal, don't they, for second degree? Who knows? Uh, Serena Abbotsway, Mona Lee Wilson, Marnie Lee Frey, Andrea Josbury, Brenda and Wolf, Georgina Faith Poppin. I'm not going to tell you that bit yet. So, he's obviously in prison. Yeah, yeah. There's been strange videos of him wanking in a cell. How have people got videos I've, I've of no him? I have no idea, but that's on my notes, so he must have done it. I haven't made it up. Uh, <laughs> Please in, don't tell me you've seen evidence of these videos, <laughs> Philip. In 2002, there's a video that comes up, and it's on YouTube for everyone to watch. Okay. But it's about nine minutes long, so I don't want to put it in podcast. Yeah. But definitely do watch it. Um, the catch, Willie Picton confessing to an undercover police officer. He brags and he was just gutted that he was caught before he hit 50. Cheeky bastard. So he's basically saying, I've, I've killed 49. Yeah, I need that last one. I'd, I'd have been happy if I'd have just got that last one. Now, the second trial, the 21 personal effects on farm, yeah. nobody's found. The, prosecu- the prosecution didn't have enough evidence and it was discontinued. Fuck off. So 21 people then that are gone are not going to get any so justice. So he's in prison for second degree murder yeah. of six women. Yeah. Um, while he was in prison, he brought out a book called The Fall Guy, basically saying it wasn't him. It's all a massive setup, a load of fucking shit. Um, his brother wasn't charged with anything, never testified, nothing. Now, now I've told you all this, Yeah. what would you say... If I said to you, he's eligible for parole in six years. Fuck off. Swear to God. And how old will he be? So how old is he? I don't know how old he'll be, but still. I cannot believe. He's eligible for parole in six years. Well, I hope to God that they just completely dismiss any sort of appeals for parole. He don't fucking deserve it. So that's... The murder farm. Absolute piece of shit. So, we've had a castle and a farm that both contained absolute pieces of shit. What a night. There's rumours that it were a cannibal and he used to eat meat himself, but... Well, you would have thought... There's going to be a a lot of um, young girls that went missing that would never be found. Never ever be found. No justice whatsoever for them. And they always say, never trust a pig farmer. Perfect way to get rid of bodies. Mm. We all know that. But I just, I can't understand how he can be eligible for parole in six years. After all that, he, I can't. Like them, he should never get out. No. 
I think I do think there's some people that genuinely be- deserve to be behind bars for the rest of it, their days. It, butch- I mean, it butchered girls like yeah, like pigs, removed hung them upside a limb, down. Yeah, horrific, horrific man. And then fed it to some to people. guests at yeah. his fucking parties. At his fucking piggy palace party. Fucking piggy palace. <laughs> what were it called? Piggy palace socialite. Oh, I can't remember. Fun now. party or something ridiculous. Fucking hell, wonder how long it took him to come up with that name. <sighs> God, that were. Um, I enjoyed that. So, I hope you guys have as well. Don't forget, it's... give us a review. Terrifying yeah, and Twisted on Facebook. Do. If we're doing a shit job, please tell us because we can't. But don't be, don't be a dick about it. Phil, you won't listen anyway. <laughs> Would you? So. It'd be me. (laughs) I hope you all have a good week. And we'll see you next week. Yep, see you next week.